0: Hey, girl. Hey, you are listening to the Cherry Lounge podcast, and I am your host, Tanisha Cherry. In this episode, we're taking a walk down financial memory lane, and we are going through the good, bad and the ugly of my financial decisions in my 20s. Now, as I said, it was a good, bad and the ugly. So there were some positive and I want to share with you guys those lessons that I learned and those tips to help you make better financial decisions and help better set you up for your future endeavors or the goals that you want to accomplish. And that's what it comes down to, not just spending your money the way you want to, but also setting yourself up for your future because it does come, you guys. It does. (laughs) So let's go ahead and get into this episode. This topic is coming at the right time. Honestly, you guys, this week I've been having a lot of conversations with older people and every conversation has been around finance and money. And I find it very interesting because these are all people that have been in my life for very long periods of time since I was a child. And now at the time at 30 years old, when I've been living on my own for the last seven years, when I've been really taking care of myself financially since before I was 18, now is the time that they want to provide me gems and advice on money. It's just so weird. And it's all unsolicited. It gets very annoying and frustrating because You've had ample time to help shape my financial literacy, not even just shape, but build it. Back then you opted not to, but now you see me and now you want to do it. And they're doing it without an actual full assessment of where I am financially. It's just really based on pure assumptions that I spend my money loosely and I'm wasting it. And just a whole bunch of nonsense. So I'm really excited to be having this conversation because you guys know I'm all about transparency and helping people. I want to share with you guys the mistakes I've made, the good decisions I've made, and where I'm at now because I want us all to win, especially in the area of money. Like, I'm all about generational wealth. I'm all about creating multiple streams of income. I'm all about being a boss and being better than how we were raised. I have made a number of bad decisions in my early 20s when it came to money because I just didn't know any better. Well, I made bad decisions when it came to men, too. (laughs) We'll talk about that another day. I made a lot of bad decisions. And the thing you have to keep in mind is when you're younger is that you don't have a long credit history. Things that you may think are minor bad decisions actually make a huge impact on your credit score. That is something that you need to recognize. So you need to be very mindful of the things that you're doing. Your credit score is the thing that gets you that nice apartment and that nice car, what you want, because it tells financial institutions that they can trust you worth a certain amount of money, that they can trust you, that you're good for it, pretty much. My credit score is 810, and the highest credit score that you can get is 900. Keep in mind, I am based in Canada, so if you are a US listener or a listener of another country, you are gonna have to do some research on how credit is, Worked out wherever you live. Okay, what does an eight ten credit score mean? It means that my credit score is higher than sixty one to eighty percent of the nation's consumers with a TransUnion credit file. TransUnion is one of the um, brands that do credit reports, along with Equifax. I don't know what my Equifax one is. It would be somewhere around this eight ten number. It may not be the exact same. I don't have an Equifax account anymore because. My bank, RBC, has started offering free credit checks, and they use TransUnion, so that's why I am quoting TransUnion's credit file. I started looking into my credit score maybe eight years ago, and I did for a number of reasons, which I'm going to get into. One of the bad financial decisions that I made was not paying my credit card minimum every month by the due date. It's so important that when you get your credit card that you find out what your due date is and set an alarm for it. Put an alarm in your calendar, in your phone, put one in your email calendar, wherever. Make sure that you have it an alarm set so that you know what your due date is every single month. And this will be a game changer for you, okay? Because you don't have to pay, ideally it would be good to pay your full balance every month by the due date, but if you can't, you should at least be making your minimum payment because if you make your minimum payment, it won't make a negative impact on your credit score. So that is lesson number one here, people, okay? Find out that due date and make sure you're paying your minimum. This wasn't something that was important to me when I first got my credit card because what I used to do is I would buy things on my credit card and then I would just transfer the money over from my um, checking account right over to my credit card and pay it off. But then as you grow, and you see nicer things. You start buying things on your credit card and saying, oh, I'll just pay it before the bills due. But you don't even know when the due date is. So sis, how you gonna do that? And then sometimes I wasn't even paying the minimum. That is where my problems started to arise. And this only happened to me a couple of times. And why I wanted to put that out there first is because When I got my first car, that car ended up getting written off and it got written off because I got into a really bad car accident when I was driving from school to work on just like a weekday. I think it was like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. I live in Canada. So at this time of year, it wasn't snowing outside, like the weather was okay, but we did have black ice on the road. And if you don't know what black ice is, black ice pretty much is ice left over from the snow that has melted and then has frozen over again and it blends in with the color of the road. And I'm on a major highway where the speed limit is 100 miles per hour. I was actually driving 60. I ended up sliding on a piece of black ice. Normally I'm able to regain control of my car because I'm going slower. I'm not going extremely out of control. I'm just kind of just sliding a little bit. And I was just unable to recover in that moment. When I slid on that black ice, I ended up doing a whole 180 from like the third exit lane all the way to the medium in the middle of the highway. And I ended up facing the opposite way traffic was going. I was in a ditch in the medium though, so I wasn't on the actual street. But God was with me, my father was with me, you know, everybody was with me watching over me because thank God I did not injure myself. I didn't hit another person's car. I didn't cause any accidents. It was still a really bad accident because the whole front of my car was messed up. I got all these flat tires. But ultimately, I was safe. And it's actually crazy because my airbag didn't even deploy. Insane. That is what happened. So that car ended up getting written off through my insurance company, which was fine. I used that money and I paid off the loan that was on my car because my car was about $10,000. I did it through a dealership. I financed it through my bank. And I didn't need a cosigner. I did it all myself. I didn't even ask anybody, but I was able to do it all myself, which is amazing. When I went to try and get a second car, they were asking for a cosigner or money down. And I was confused because I'm just like, well, why would I need a cosigner or money down? I was just really confused because I didn't even have that car for a whole entire year before that accident. So in my mind, I'm thinking I've been making my car payments every month on time. No problem. I don't understand What has changed so drastically in my credit score in less than a year that I can't do the same thing and get another car, you know, the same way I did it before. When I went back and did research, I had found that in that time period of having my car, not one, but there were two times that I did not make the minimum payment on my credit card by the due date, which because I was young, I believe I probably would have been 20 at the time. I didn't have a long credit history. So something like that resulted in my credit score decreasing. And because it decreased, I was falling into a category that required me having a cosigner. So I'm just like, this is stupid. So instead of being smart, (laughs) this is another poor decision I did is I started going to different car dealerships because I'm like, well, if one car dealership says no, then I'll go to another one. But hello, sweetie. They are all pulling up the same financial history and they all pretty much are going to say the same thing. So then I started going to, I went to like two or three other car dealerships and you know they keep coming back saying no, no, no. I wish I had someone to talk to because if I did, they would have been able to tell my dumb ass that sweetie, all these credit inquiries that you are getting are hard hits and they're decreasing your credit score even more, which is not helping your situation. So after recognizing that, you know, a little too late, I just gave up on getting another car entirely because I didn't have any savings to, you know, buy a hoopty and I didn't have any savings to put down. And I definitely didn't have anyone to co-sign. And when I say I didn't have anybody, I had nobody that I knew I could ask that would say yes. So that was it for me having a car. Now, during those times, I made new friends and one of my friends had lived in Edmonton and I would go up there to see her all the time. And that's when I started my really bad habit of getting car rentals every week. And I was spending, you know, one hundred dollars or a little bit more to rent a car almost every weekend to go to Edmonton, not to mention the gas that I was paying for to, you know, fill up the tank. And not to mention the food that I was the money I was spending on like food when I was Edmonton, I was going partying. So the money I was spending when I went out partying and stuff, it was just a hot mess. It didn't make no sense. And again, those are just really dumb decisions that I was making. So just to go through a few more of my dumb decisions. After the whole car situation, I now knew what my credit score was. And at the time, I was signed up with Equifax to receive alerts and also to be able to pull a certain amount of um, credit reports to bring my number up because I'm just like, wait, eventually I'm going to want to get a car and eventually I'm going to want to buy a house. I need to increase this credit score. So I don't know where I got this information. I'm sure I read it somewhere. I got the information that if you have a high credit limit and a low balance, that will help increase your credit score. What I started doing from that point, now knowing that, okay, I need to at least pay my minimum every month by the due date, what I started to do is every six months, I would increase my credit limit on my credit card, which was good because, you know, now I have a really large credit limit on my credit card, which is amazing, which has contributed to me having a really great credit score. But the bad part was I was not financially responsible. And of course, with a high credit score, I was running up my credit card crazy. So in my early 20s, I didn't do this not once, but twice where I have ran up my credit card to, I think one time I ran up my credit card to about 24 or $20,000. And the other time I ran it up to $13,000. And I just don't, and mind you guys, like (laughs) this was years ago. This was years, years ago, but in my mind, I'm just like, girl, what? And don't even bother asking me what I was spending the money on, because I honestly couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Like (laughs) everything, I guess, is really what it was. I was spent using my credit card for everything, and then I was only paying the minimum, but I was spending a lot more than I was making. It was a hot mess. So for a few years, like I was really down bad. Like, honestly, like I always had a great job. I was making great money, but I was down bad because I had like this debt and I just it was really bad. So I got myself in a jam with that. We have been in the clear from that for quite a few years now. (laughs) Now I'm at the point in my life where honestly, like, I don't know that doesn't happen. Mm -mm. My credit card balance is frequently at zero because I don't have time for that stress in my life. We're trying to live a life of luxury over here. And you can't be living a life of luxury and be having to pay off debt all the time. Okay. It's not cute. It's not where it is. Like if you have debt, like there's nothing wrong with that. We all have debt, but I just want to be in a position in life where I don't have debt. So that's where we're at with that. (laughs) Now that I have completely shamed myself (laughs) No, but now that I've shared with you guys the bad decisions that I've made uh, financially, I want to share with you guys the great things that I did early on that really have helped me get to where I am now. The first thing being sticking to one credit card. I know that's shocking considering I have maxed out my credit card not once but twice. (laughs) Uh, I know that's surprising that I only have one, but I've only ever had one credit card. I only have one now. And I think that was a really great decision because had I had multiple credit cards, I probably would still be paying off credit card balances right now, you know, but because I only had the one, it kind of contained my craziness during those times. I am a firm believer that you don't need multiple credit cards. It's very unnecessary. I know some people are going to say, well, you know, I have one MasterCard or Visa and then an American Express y'all y'all don't need both (laughs) and then i know some people are gonna be like well they have different credit limits Mm, you still don't need both and then i know that there's people that are gonna be like well they all have different rewards okay but i know a lot of people will get multiple credit cards for the benefits but they're not even using the card to its full potential to reap the benefits so if you're gonna be one of those people that say that you know you get flight rewards or money back whatever the case is, make sure you are learning the ins and out of your credit card to make sure that you are using it in a way to really get take full advantage of those benefits. And that's all I'm going to say on that. The second thing I had actually mentioned earlier was I was increasing my credit card limit every six months um, to increase the limit and keep a low balance. Now where this did not work out for me in the beginning was I... I had no self control. So that doing that actually contributed to me getting those large, large balances because I could not trust myself with money at those times. So I would only say do that if you have willpower and also do it so that it's not penalizing you. So I was doing mine every six months where A credit inquiry was not required. As long as I had paid my credit card bill, the minimum payment by the due date over the last six months, then they would happily increase it. No problem. But there are times where like I've tried to do it in between six months and they're like, oh, we'll have to do a credit check. And I'm like, "Eh, no, thanks. (laughs) We'll wait till I hit my six months. Is this something that I still do now? absolutely it's still something that I do do now and I'm happy for it because I have all the self-control in the world it's not going to flip on me like the last time so again increasing my credit limit every six months on my credit card was something good I did early on but I would only advise someone to do this if a credit check is not required and also if you have the willpower to not rack up that balance Hey loungers, enjoying this episode? Make sure to take a screenshot and post to your IG stories tagging me at Tanisha.Cherry and at the Cherry Lounge podcast to let me know what are some really bad decisions that you've made financially so that we can share it with the other loungers to make sure that they don't make these mistakes also. And if by the grace of God, you haven't made any bad decisions, but you've learned some really amazing gems along the way, we want to see those too, because we all want to win when it comes to this financial literacy, honey. And also, I'd love for you guys to share what your financial goals are for this year for 2021, so that we can help hold each other accountable and be a positive support system for each other. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get to this bag, but we're also trying to save the bag also. (laughs) Enjoy the rest of the episode. The next thing that I did was familiarize myself with the fees associated with my credit and my debit card. Because of this, I've always been in the habit of not using my credit card when I'm on vacation in different countries. And that's because the exchange rate and the fees are not worth this. Our currency is Canadian, but especially when I was younger, I was always traveling to Miami in the United States. And even during those times, the exchange rate was a lot better. But Those fees were not. Some of the fees that you'll get that will be associated with your car is doing withdrawals. And it's not just a regular withdrawal fee. It's an international one on top of the exchange rate. No. And then you get those fees for doing it not at the bank, but doing it at an ATM. So I've always been in the habit of, especially when I'm traveling, to get traveler's checks to take out money in the currency of wherever I'm visiting. The other thing I did really great early on is not lending or borrowing money. It's just not happening, and I don't feel bad about it, and I don't let people bully me into lending them money. I've never been that person. I think people now, not even now, but I think people get a sense of who I am that they know that they shouldn't even ask me because it's a high chance that I'm going to say no, and let me tell you right now, the answer is going to be no. (laughs) Another great thing that I did was putting my annual bonus into an RRSP. I used to work at NMAC. when I was working there, we used to get annual bonuses and that just depended on, you know, if we met our metrics, how, how well we did that year. So my annual bonus would be anywhere from three to maybe a little bit over $4,000 a year, and it would be paid onto my paycheck. So not even a separate paycheck. I used to always just get that money added onto my paycheck. But I didn't know until right before my second year of working there that you can actually get your annual bonus put into an RRSP. Now, there was no one that I had a chance to really speak to about this. But in my head, it made sense. When I add it on to my paycheck, I get more taxes taken off on it. So... Instead of doing that, let me just put it onto my RSP. And that's what I've done. And I did that for the rest of the time that I worked there. And that was a really smart decision. I had just read it on our like company website that that was an option. I'm just like, why don't they tell you these things? Because they don't want you to win, sweetie. That's why. <laughs> that was a really smart decision. If your employer has something set up where you, could, where you get bonuses and you can put it into an RSP account. Or if you can put it in tax-free savings account. Or if you can purchase stocks in your employer's organization and they will match you up to a certain percentage or you can do any sort of savings, explore those options. Do your research. Go on your company's site. Ask your manager. Ask your HR personnel and see if those options are available to you. And if they are, utilize them, you guys. Utilize them them the other great decision I made early on is filing my taxes and to be honest I really have to give my mom credit for that because my mom is a tax professional and she that's what she does that's her business she's always done my taxes and look I don't want no problems with CRA which is the equivalent of the IRS in the United States I want no problems I want no smoke with those people so file your taxes okay don't get into those problems with them peoples and have someone that knows what they're doing doing it for you okay if you don't know how to do it by yourself don't try to sit here and go cheap on it that is something that you want done correctly so if you have to spend the money just spend it okay because you don't want them people after you some great tips that i wish somebody would have told me when i was younger is number one save 30 percent from every paycheck Now, when I was in junior high and high school, that just was not possible for me. When I turned 18 and I was living with my mom, I really didn't have any real bills. I'd pay my mom, like, I think $500 for rent, and I would take care of the utilities. And then when I didn't have my car, I had my phone bill, which was probably like $80 or $100 a month. But outside of that... I didn't have any real bills. And then, of course, I was in school at the time. So just give or take on that. I had the capability to save 30% from every paycheck. And instead, I was spending that money. That is definitely something that I wish I would have done when I was younger. Another thing that I wish I would have done was buy my car cash. That is something I wish I would have done. I wish I didn't do monthly payments. I could have got a perfectly decent car for under $5,000. I could have saved that money and just paid for it cash and called it a day. So for your first car, I would recommend don't go getting an expensive car. Don't finance a car just get yourself it doesn't have to be like a hoopty but it doesn't have to be something crazy expensive it could be something really nice that's affordable just to get you that first car out the way the other thing that i mentioned earlier that i wish i would have known beforehand was paying my minimum credit card balance every month on time and I mentioned that earlier, but the other thing that I didn't mention that is if you miss it by a few days, contact your credit card company to inquire about whether they offer some sort of forgiveness so it doesn't impact your credit score. Had I done that, the two instances that had happened, it would have been fine. And it wouldn't have caused any problems with me getting a second vehicle. I didn't know I could do that until much later. And I was like, dang, I wish I knew that. But Again, these aren't things that they will advertise for you because they don't want everybody doing it. The other thing to just add on to that is if you're unable to pay your full account balance, keep your account balance below 35% of your available credit. For instance, if you have a credit card with a $1,000 limit, you should really try to keep your outstanding balance below $350, okay? Remember, Tanisha Cherry told you I'm sharing these gems with you guys because I want you guys to learn from my mistakes. And something else that... Is Great because I forgot to add this on but that is all I have to say about things I wish somebody would have told me something else that I did really great early on is I had never Allowed someone to use my credit. It's crazy because growing up so many of the girls I used to be friends with and acquainted with had a history or at one point or another Had lent their credit to somebody so when I say that what that means is they would allow they would take out a cell phone or an apartment or a car in their name and their credit for somebody else and it screwed them over that is something that I did not ever do and I thought was crazy and again it comes back to you know I never borrowed money from people I never let money from people I never let my credit and I never borrowed credit from anybody I'm glad I never did that because I've I've never seen it where it's worked out for somebody so ladies if your dude is asking you to do that tell them no <laughs> if your girlfriends your family members tell them no okay tell them no it's under your name, you're the only person that should be you know, utilizing it, and that's just that. And don't make people feel make you feel bad about it. Now, positive things that I'm doing currently right now, so you guys know I work a nine to five as well as being a content creator, and I'm always advocating for content creators to get paid, and not just be paid, but to be paid well and whatever they feel that their value and their worth is and this last year 2020 has been really great for me financially as a content creator i've made the most money that i've ever made as a content creator and it's been great and as you guys know i do have a full-time job so what i've been doing is my full-time job has been taking care of all my bills and all my necessities and then after that i put the rest of that money into a savings account okay because i am trying to save money and i always have found that it's easier for me to save money when i'm making money And during this pandemic, we're not really going anywhere, so we might as well be saving. I've been putting all my extra money into a savings account. As for all the money I get as a content creator, that goes straight into a savings account as well. I do take out a portion of that just to cover some of my expenses that are associated with being a content creator. So, for example, if I need to buy any sort of equipment, maybe a new camera, maybe a new laptop or anything like that, It's coming from that. And then also you guys may know or may not know, but I do work with a photographer. I work with not one, but two amazing guys. I have to pay them for their services. So that is money I take from there also. But I have been saving, saving all my money. Something that I've also been doing is I have bi-weekly contributions going from my nine to five account into my savings account automatically automatically. And then I also have automatic contributions going to a tax-free savings account. Okay, because look, my limit on that, my annual limit for that is really high. And we need to get we need to put as much money in there tax-free as we can. So I've been using that. Other things that I've been doing is I've just been very conscious of my spending and not getting suckered into hype. Can I afford a lot of designer stuff? I can. But at the same time. We're in the house and there's really nothing for me to do with all this stuff in my closet. So I don't need to be sitting here making all these lavish, expensive purchases. Other decisions that I've been making is not being so quick to upgrade things. For example, I upgraded my laptop, which is a MacBook. I had my other one for seven years and honestly, she was tired and through. I did finally upgrade that. Also, with this podcast, I have all my podcast equipment could I have went and bought the most expensive equipment out there that all the other guys are using? Absolutely. But I know myself and I know that putting a specific amount of money into something is not a motivation for me to be consistent or really dive a hundred percent into it. So me knowing that I started off with the basics and what was the most, you know, affordable and the cheapest. And I said that if at the end of the year I was super consistent with this podcast And, you know, I really did what I said I was going to do, which is posting weekly episodes that I will reward myself with better equipment. So my upgrade will definitely be a new mic when I hit that milestone. I have been treating myself with upgrades. So, for example, my birthday is coming up and I'm trying to figure out, Okay, well, what do you want to um, buy? I don't know yet. (laughs) I can't really travel anywhere. And um, I do want a new phone, but I don't really need a new phone. So getting to this habit of, you know, hitting milestones and then rewarding myself with something that's going to help me hit my next milestones, that has really been helping me a whole lot. Other smart things that I've been doing financially is I've been reading books and listening to a lot more podcasts. I don't have any recommendations right now, but I definitely will come back with another part two episode to share with you guys books. Or industry experts or podcasts or YouTubes that I've been listening to that are helping me get to this next step. Some changes that I definitely want to get into is I want to start investing my money. I know there's like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, just regular stocks and bonds. That's where I'm trying to read a lot of books and listen to podcasts so I can get the best advice on how to proceed going forward. Because the first step was making the money for me. The second step was saving the money for me. And now this third step is making my money work for me. So not just putting it into the bank and letting it sit there, but how can we build on that? So that's the phase I'm in right now. And it's been really good. Something else that I've been doing is also feeling more comfortable talking money with people. Okay. I have, growing up, I was never comfortable and it was very taboo, but today at 30 years old, I am super comfortable with talking money with people and I love talking money with people because I am always getting really good insight and valuable gems and I'm not referring to the unsolicited advice that was given to me that I was mentioning at the early points of this podcast episode, but just really good, you know, information and that has been very helpful for me at where I'm at right now. The last thing I want to leave you guys with is don't allow people to peer pressure you into spending your money. If you are going to the club, which clubs, which kind of are and aren't open right now. But if you're going to the club and you told yourself that you're only spending a certain amount of money on drink. So don't let people peer pressure you into spending your money. Regardless of you have it or not, you should be spending your money the way you want to. Same thing when you're travel. If you're somebody that is looking for a deal when it comes to your hotels or the activities you're doing or the places that you're eating, then don't travel with people who do not have that same mindset because you will end up spending more money or you'll end up arguing about the full experience and you're supposed to be out there having fun, but within reasoning and what's comfortable for you. So don't let people pressure you into that. And then the other things that people pressure people into is getting, which was the topic of conversation that brought on this podcast was a house. Every single adult that I speak to feels like I need to go buy a house right now. And I'm not saying that I'm never going to or I don't want to, I just have no desire to. As I mentioned to you guys earlier, what my credit score is, clearly I can qualify for a mortgage. My savings are lovely. I can qualify for a mortgage. I just do not want one. At this point in time, it's not something that I'm trying to do and I'm totally comfortable with it. And it's very frustrating sometimes because I feel like I'm always getting into an argument with an adult about how I should be spending my money. So that is the last thing I want to leave you guys with is don't allow people to, you know, pressure you into how you should be spending your money or you know making you feel bad if you are a cheap frugal or stingy person with your money it's your money you work hard for it and you should spend it the way that you want okay but at the same time you should also be setting yourself up for success okay so if people can't give you advice on that then they can you know hold on to everything else Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Cherry Lounge podcast where you'll find a new episode every Monday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern. Also, don't forget to leave a review and hit me with them five stars, you guys. And let me know what you loved about the podcast episode that you just listened to. It helps me out so much. Also, for more real-time content, head over to Instagram at Tanisha.Cherry or follow me on YouTube at TanishaCherry with an extra Y, okay? I am on all the platforms and I want you guys to all get this content, okay? I'm out, y'all. Bye.